0: just real quick uh, how loud is um uh do you hear my daughter right now like every now and then right yeah so she's really awake um
1: <laughs> she's, just, she's had her morning coffee
0: yeah for sure
2: <laughs> she sounds like she's having a good time
1: yeah she's just i don't know she's
0: sometimes when she wakes in the morning she's just super energetic <laughs> um but it's fine. I miss those days um, of having energy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like she's just trying to test every single sound she can think of. <laughs> um, Good. That's a future, uh, future podcaster and Laker fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's all, already warming up her voice, she's ready for the hoops temple.
1: welcome back to another episode of the hoops temple podcast uh y'all know me Nathan Schwartz and of course Dylan Williamson what up and returning Nico Lassen. hey good morning good morning we missed you yeah missed you too it's been uh
0: two weeks since I was on last time
1: we had to, uh, we had to do the all-star draft without you hmm
0: super sad but but Derek was was it was uh, was doing well so I guess
2: it's all good. I don't know if he did well, but he did better than Kevin Durant. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Did he
1: do better than Durant? Is that what we're. Is that our consensus takeaway? 100%. Yeah,
0: I think. Yeah, I think his team would win against the uh, team Durant. Not sure uh, Derek uh, Hildenbrand could beat the uh, <laughs> Durant, but uh, <laughs>
1: he would have a bench, butt, I guess. And Durant's out with an injury right now. Let's we can you take away one of his legs. I'm sure uh, Dylan has a chance. I'm
2: sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure Durant would still beat me 21-0 on one leg. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: the unfair advantage of being a seven-foot sniper. Yeah, uh, he could beat you in a wheelchair. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I think wheelchair basketball, I might finally have an advantage because that takes away all of his speed and his height. So I think if you put Durant in a wheelchair, I stand a chance.
2: He'd probably have like a super weird wheelchair because his arms are so long that, like, the. <laughs> To not like drag on the ground, his wheelchair would have to be so high.
1: It's like a hot rod wheelchair, and he's reaching the front wheels. Yeah,
2: exactly. Do you,
1: do you think there's a chance that he's still taller than me in a wheelchair? 100%. He's,
2: he's got to have like a wheelchair, like comparative to his, his standing height. I guess that makes sense.
1: I
0: kind of want to find out how. Tall people is getting into wheelchairs. It,
1: it would make sense that they'd have tall wheelchairs.
2: I mean, even sitting down, just like holding his arms up, he's probably taller than you. His standing reach sitting down might be taller than us. Well, longer than our standing reach anyway.
1: <laughs> okay, extra tall wheelchairs are a thing, according to CarmenHealthcare.com. Free shout out. <laughs> so if uh, if Kim and Drant uh,
0: is looking for a wheelchair, now he knows where he's, he needs to go. <laughs> That's good.
2: Yeah, Kevin Durant, big hoops temple fan.
1: So on the draft itself, what did you guys make of it? The the, the Jazz getting what I felt was very intentionally
2: snubbed.
1: Uh, the lack of banter, no one calling each other out on tampering. What were you guys' takeaways from the uh, the actual draft?
2: Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of weird, right? Like um, Durant and LeBron, they kind of have a weird dynamic. I feel like um, KD was trying to play it super cool and lebron's just corny as hell and he like couldn't help but be amused at lebron's dad jokes as he made his picks but he was trying to play it cool at the same time and maybe that threw him off lebron's dad jokes um flustered durant and made him choose a terrible team i feel
0: like durant was just looking for um picking every single uh good scorer and uh, like that, that made uh, Zach Levine um, get picked a bit higher than I thought he would be. LeBron got a lot more like versatile players, you know, like good passes, uh,
1: good defenders, stuff like that. Team Durant is just straight up chuggers. Durant kind of fell into the classic trap of I'm going to pick my teammate first because he's my teammate. And when you have the option between Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard, you should never choose Kyrie Irving. That goes both in the all-star game and in real life when Kawhi tried to recruit durant to, to la you know don't choose Kyrie, choose Kawhi.
2: yeah durant was kind of like disadvantaged by being injured and still having to choose because like mm. lebron basically got like the first two picks by you know the unnecessary pick of first choosing himself um mm. and then he got got the first overall pick um and then durant ended up with the the two worst players and that it doesn't get to play himself. Um, So I kind of forgive him for maybe not picking the best um, starting lineup, but he had no excuses for the reserves and I don't know, chose a weird team. One thing I do notice though, is um, maybe the acceptance of Zion by both of these guys as a, as a legit superstar. Durant took him really high right
1: you gotta have the flash you know get get some guys who's out there that you know are gonna be highlight draws some of the young guys go a little bit harder you know uh, I believe it was you that brought up uh Jimmy Butler not wanting to play so there's
2: yeah that's that's a good point everyone on team Durant is gonna want to play
1: mm. any
0: matchup you're looking uh, especially forward to
2: um I got my wish of Harden and Giannis being separated so that matchup's cool Embiid and Jokic is another great rivalry. They got split up. Embiid and Gobert got split up as well. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. I just want to see the Jazz guys versus everybody, which shout out to Mike Conley being named uh, injury replacement for Devin Booker. Finally being named an all-star. I'm just happy that he finally got it. Good to see him get the recognition.
0: So it's no longer going to be the best player to never be an All-Star anymore. Hmm.
2: What did you guys make of the two Jazz guys going last? Because to me, there was some intentional and obvious disrespect, I think, by those guys.
1: 100%, yeah. I mean, when LeBron's like, oh, you got to... You had a good team, a big team. I, I need a big guy or else you're going to destroy me down low. Let me take Sabonis. No. <laughs> yeah. I love me some Sabonis, but it's the other guy in Indiana that actually defends Miles Turner. Sabonis is the passer. He's the scorer. He's the rebounder. You, you take <laughs> Gobert. This was really intentional. Or you got Durant saying, let me get that score. I'm going to take Zach Levine. No.
2: Never mind the guy who dropped like 50 a game in a conference semifinals. So why did they feel the need to
0: uh, knock on those guys? Uh, I I, I get that it's probably uh, um, either just tired of them complaining uh, to the refs and the league and stuff like that, or
1: or what's the deal?
2: What's your take on that, Nate?
1: I think it's a lot to do with the complaining. Um, but if I was Utah, or if I was Utah fans, I'd feel really happy about the disrespect because, like, there's one level of respect where it's like, yeah, you're good. There's another level where it's like, you're good enough that I don't like. And I think yeah. they're, I think they're bothering people to the point where, where people are are reacting and starting to have negative feelings towards them, which I think is a really good place to be. It, it's in my mind, a higher level of respect than if they just picked it straight up.
2: Yeah, I mean, Utah is sort of separating themselves out as a as clearly and by far the best team in the regular season. Um, I was looking it up yesterday, and interestingly, there's only one team that's top five in offense and defense, and it's the Jazz. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's obvious intentional disrespect. LeBron had to make the corny um, pre-rehearsed Utah joke after the draft as right. well. Um, and and I know Donovan Mitchell's like such a such a laid back guy that I feel like he could um, let that go. But Rudy Gobert is like a super prideful guy. He's gonna take that 100% personally. And if the Lakers and the Jazz match up in the in the Western Conference playoffs, I think that's a tough matchup for the Lakers. And and Gobert's got that extra bit of fire. He can remember when LeBron picked him on to Sabonis over him.
0: I feel that Rudy Gobert just—he's uh, just always feeling disrespected by by something, like the entire yeah. season. There's also always something he's like <laughs> talking to the press about. But but I guess this could be fueling uh, fueling the fire under Dunman Mitchell and and Mike Condi. yeah, it could be the. Could be the fuel they need to uh,
1: continue their streak. I just want to say to, to Utah Jazz fans, sure, the Malone-Stockton era wasn't all that much fun to play with in video games, but I'll be damned if I hear any Carlos Boozer, uh, Andre Karolinko, Memeo Core slander. Because if you get yeah, a five that can shoot, that is That was my jam in 2K, and I will not take any slander from them.
0: I can say for sure that LeBron is 100%, 100% incorrect, because I was actually picking Utah Jazz uh, when I played, uh, not 2K back then, it was uh, NBA Live, I think. Yeah. Uh, so Darren Williams was so good, Carlos Busa, Mehmet Okur. Mehmet Okur was just like the OG shooting big man, I think, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there are older guys like, uh, gosh, the Bill Lambier used to shoot would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Sigma had like an eighteen footer for the Bucks back in the eighties. But like, O'Quard definitely was was the modern transition to the the stretch five. Yeah, he was like in oh six oh seven and oh
0: seven oh eight. Uh, he was shooting over four four times per game. I think that was. That was a, a bit way of the curve uh, ahead of the curve um, for big men. Like he was not just like a small power forward or you know the Dirk type. He was a big center. Yeah. Um, not the quickest or anything, but he could shoot. No, that was the thing. Is he was
1: still like kind of thick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Turkey Turkish uh, Andrea Bagnani. Um it's The Turkish when... trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite tri- teams back then. Ronnie Brewer was good as well. Uh, uh, Andrea. Kirilenko, and drake he was just like the swiss knife could just do anything defend so well karl korber was at his peak um that team was fun
2: one more thing on Kirilenko too the best nickname in nba history mm. ak47 yeah okay maybe maybe second magic is such a good nickname that it's just like a first name now it's not even right. a nickname so yeah. but ak47 right there
1: i don't know i AK forty seven was the start of the downfall. Where it's now like CP three and PG thirteen and just letter numbers. But like AK actually made sense. Initials number and it was a gun reference. Like
2: yeah, it's like a, it's like a double meaning. It's like yeah. a Russian gun too, and he's like a right, yeah, Rus- Russian dude.
1: Well, speaking of Russian, you know it's rushing up on the calendar, the trade deadline. Per- perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's too early in the morning for the stuff like that, mate. Like. Too
2: early. <laughs> I was trying um, to
1: figure out some sort of transition. That's uh, that's, that's the best that's, you're going to get out of me.
2: Yeah. Speaking of rushing, Lloyd Pierce rushing out the door in Atlanta.
1: Justified or not? I don't like it. Ownership came in and said, you to have to make the playoffs this year. Management went out and got... A bunch of people who i'm not sure atlanta wants to keep like atlanta might have to pay to get off some of those contracts um slash bogdanovich didn't play most of the season thus far so i kind of feel like lloyd got got a bad deal
2: yeah yeah i feel like there's two things at play here right there's um, well maybe it's all just the one thing it's it's middling from ownership it's that pressure when you've got a young team that you're building to then say you have to make the playoffs um, which then lowers your long-term ceiling and Travis Schlank has to go and make all these win-now moves instead of continuing to build. And then um, I was listening to Amin Al-Hassan on, uh, who was it, on, on Windhorse pod and he said in a very matter-of-fact way that Lloyd Pierce was fired because Trey Young and other players wanted gone and um, he just didn't, uh, Pierce did have the backing of the front office um, and didn't have the backing of his best player And that
3: that's why he's gone.
1: It it should come to no surprise that as soon as Lloyd Pierce was fired, the guy that jumps to his defense is John Collins, who him and Trey had kind of been beefing in. So if Lloyd is fired for Trey, uh, you know, no surprise there.
3: Yeah. I mean, as to whether it's justified or not, I think there's there's really this dual, um, these dual facets of coaching. One is the on-court play, the X's and O's. Um, In that respect, did he deserve to be fired? Probably not. And there's the off court stuff. And if you don't have the buy-in and the respect of your best player, um, it's it's you've you've failed in your job. A whole bunch of coaching is is relationship building, getting the trust and respect of your players. And Windhorst, I think it was that said there, there were Multiple. It wasn't Trey Young. There were multiple Hawks players who had gone over his head, management to say we need to get rid of this guy.
0: Yeah, he lost his locker room. Um, and as a head coach, that's just as that's the you, you can't, um, you, you need to have the trust from your guys, whether it's uh, your star players or everyone
1: else. So I think it's the right move. I mean, you know, it doesn't uh, doesn't help matters for Lloyd. When you got uh, Nate McMillan in the wings, who's done a good job in his previous stops in Portland and in, in Indiana, and has been really well respected, it, you know, it, if you have kind of a proven quantity that you know is going to be a solid coach that you can throw right into the the chair, it, it makes the decision easier for management.
3: Yeah, that was obviously a, a setup for this move right in the offseason when they hired a proven NBA head coach and put him as the assistant that's clearly saying, we think we might want to let this guy go. And if we do, we need to have someone to be interim coach and this guy is a good option. Um, So that was a clear move, I think, by Travis Schlank when he put McMillan on that coaching staff.
0: Uh, I was hearing a history uh, or story um, about Nate McMillan um, he, he, was, he was actually a good friend of uh, Lloyd Pierce, as I understand it. And uh, I think uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce was actually the guy bringing in Nate uh, Macmillan. So so um, Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan was actually hesitant uh, about taking the job after Lloyd Pierce uh, getting fired because they were very good friends, actually. Um, something about him visiting... Uh, his family in the hospital and stuff like that. I don't re- remember the story in detail, but so they're supposed to be very good friends, and and that's the reason he's he's there at, at the first
1: uh, in the first place. Yeah, I, I saw that story too, which uh, it's nice. I, I saw that Pierce was really encouraging of Lloyd. Pierce was encouraging uh, McMillan to take the job. There is a rumor now that uh, Nate McMillan might be bringing in Gary Payton to uh, join the coaching staff and help Trey Young with his development. So he might get some of that defensive coaching that he desperately needs so i'm wondering
0: if uh, atlanta might already be moving away from some of the guys they signed this offseason um or they'll just try to continue and see if they can uh, make the playoffs and do some stuff still um do you think they will trade any of those guys like
1: gallinari especially i think could be on the on the block definitely a blow it up candidate team uh before this podcast, uh, I was painting my house, definitely got a little bit of a contact high on paint fumes, and uh, went pretty heavy on the trade machine, but there's there's some good John Collins options out there, or if they're going to offload him and possibly salary dump uh, Gallo with him. Yeah, it makes sense to
0: trade away John Collins, actually. They already have a better center player, and uh, I think Clint Capella is a better match for Trey anyway bet on the defensive end and uh, they can do some pick and roll stuff.
3: Right. So one of the reasons that you might see um, Collins talked about in trades more than what his talent might suggest is just that he's going to be extension eligible soon um, and he's going to want a lot of money. And if the Hawks aren't aren't totally sure that this is the guy that they want in their long-term future, it's, it's good to get out while you can.
1: So rumors are already coming out of Atlanta that they're shopping Collins for a – Early first round pick. Um, that's that's kind of the their going price. We've seen Minnesota jump up on the board, um, but I, I had two other options for you guys. This, the the Minnesota trade kind of built around some of their young players, uh, future first round picks, because Golden State owns their current pick. But I also had a John Collins for Andrew Wiggins, while salary dumping Rondo and, and Gallo. Uh Get the Warriors are sending back the Minnesota pick and two future. Her picks, how do we feel about uh, a John Collins to Golden State trade?
3: I think he's an awesome fit there. You can plug him in as the starting center. Draymond play next to him makes up for some of his defensive deficiencies. Um, and his ability to shoot, to roll to the rim, to pass the ball. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit along what Golden State already has. And he's young enough that uh, if it comes to next season and Draymond is one year older and one year more washed, and Clay really isn't Clay ever again um then maybe curry is is looking elsewhere um, this is a guy that you can you can start to rebuild with
0: it's kind of the perfect trade actually like Rashon rondo would be a nice fit in in warriors too and danilo obviously would would uh, fit in well with his shooting and stuff and the timeline is fine they're they're older guys but so are the rest of the stars in in golden state so um, i could see that
1: yeah yeah the way i designed in the trade had three first round picks going out of Golden State do you feel like that might be too much to pay they also got rid of Wiggins so you know to take that in consideration
3: I feel like Wiggins has been playing pretty well this year I don't know if he's
2: necessarily um too much in red in terms of his value compared to what he's getting paid um but yeah
3: if you're looking at it I mean Galen is probably more negative salary I'd say than Wiggins I think he's a worse player than Wiggins is this year um so if If you call those two a wash, I guess Wiggins is long-term money, but he's a little bit younger, and he he probably fit in quite well in Atlanta. Then you got Collins for the Minnesota pick. Um, So yeah, maybe maybe three picks would be a bit much. Maybe even just straight Wiggins and the Minnesota pick for um, that bad money of Rondo and Gallo and, and Collins
1: yeah Gallo is uh he he is 19.5 million for three years so that is is kind of unpleasant Wiggins uh, Wiggins he actually contracts end the same time Uh, another John Collins trade that I put together was just a straight up one for one John Collins for Michael Porter Jr. Mm, hell no hell no (laughs) Uh, I think maybe I'm just high on
0: Porter Jr. I feel like he's much better player. Um, I see that, you know, John has got some ups, upside in his uh, defense and rebounding. Could be interesting alongside Jokic. I just think Michael Porter Jr., He's he's just got so much talent i mean he could be uh he could be better than jamal murray in my opinion um but i see that he's he's a lot younger um uh, now i think they should
1: they shouldn't move on from michael porter jr just yet are you gonna fire moses malone because him and porter jr are not getting along and a lot of less sniping at each other after the games hmm.
3: that was kind of weird from mike malone to just like throw his player under the bus like that but i mean it had fit right into um mike malone's career history of being fired after doing a good job for a team and then that team immediately becoming worse right like just like Sacramento had
1: should be noted that boston is it boston has said that they are are going to go after or John Collins, or is looking at it. They have a lot of kind of interesting pieces. Um, have either of you guys gotten a, a chance to really look into or watch much of Boston recently?
3: Yes, I probably haven't seen them since I since I um went on my two week break. So that's probably going back about almost a month. Um, since I've last watched one of their games. Um, from what I remember, though, it's not that much fun. And um, but I do see that um, Time Lord is starting to show out a little bit
1: yeah him and the other Williams Grant Williams a lot of energy there you know you still have Peyton Pritchard who started the season really strong Um, I don't know if Collins is going to make the most sense for them or if they're going to be able to pull that off but the other guy that they're going for and really kind of Kind of the prize jewel of the trade market this season is Nikola Vucevic, um, with Beal kind of being ruled out by the Wizards. I, I didn't make any Beal trades, but where do you guys see Vucevic going?
0: I have a hard time deciding whether I just like how much do uh, teams value Vucevic? Um, do they see him as a like sure All Star player, and do do they see them? Do they, do they see Vucevic as as a guy that can really Contribute to um to like a winning team, or is he just like a guy who just gets so many shots in uh Orlando that he uh, is just fine there?
3: I mean, if you ask LeBron and Kevin Durant, Nikola Vucevic is better than Rudy Gobert, so um he's hmm. obviously an elite offensive player. Uh, yeah. The sure. real questions, the real questions with him would be whether he can um keep that up in the playoffs. Um, but I think he'd be he'd be a, quite a great fit in Boston. It's when your other options are Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tyson. Um
0: Oh, don't get me wrong. He's, maybe just go all in on Tom Lord. He, he's like a big upgrade. Don't get me wrong, but he, he's just also very expensive. <laughs> um, so it'll limit
1: their moves going forward. Well, they do have the giant trade exception in that uh, they could absorb a man. Yeah, uh, I kind of like the idea of. Uh, of Orlando giving up a little bit more um, and really the Celtics kind of clearing the bench, you know, I, I, if you need to giving up Smith, giving up Pritchard, giving up uh, both Williams, maybe even giving up Romeo Langford and, and bringing back, not just Vucevic, but bringing in Alfred Camino, bringing in uh, Gary Clark. Um, I was really surprised when I was digging into this trade season. Orlando has a lot of really nice tradable pieces that, You know, for as bad as they've been, if you want off the bench scoring, um, Terrence Ross could be a really nice acquisition, pretty affordable contract. You need a big defensive wing, which I know Miami's been been looking for. Uh, Alfredo Camino, James Ennis, Gary Clark. Even Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, yeah. Made up two mock trades um, with Gordon, one going to Boston, one going to Portland. And for this...
3: If if I can totally get off topic by that um, Aaron Gordon fake trade, I think the best place for him, there's actually a perfect fit. And thankfully, this team has actually expressed interest in Gordon. Um, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he just fits so well next to, next to Towns as a guy who can create a little bit, um, who can kind of shoot and and who's shown defensive potential. Um, I think he'd be the right kind of player to fit next to Towns. Yeah, the
1: Timberwolves do have Jaden McDaniels, who I absolutely loved coming out of the draft. Um, also Josh Okogie, who I like his energy. If they were willing to part with some of those young guys, you know, you got to get salaries to match. But uh, I guess Malik Beasley could be tossed
3: in there to. to... No, I think you got Beasley. Or Rubio? Gordon's not making that much because a lot of the younger guys um, were first round picks. They
2: make decent amounts of money. Ed Davis is, is easy salary fodder, too. That's $5 million right there. If you combine Davis and Akogi, you're basically there in salary matching. Gordon's at 18. That changes everything. I missed that one in front of the eight. I was I was trying to match for eight million.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. No, the extra ten million a year makes makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, that makes it a little bit harder. Maybe like Culver, Wancho, and Ed Davis that get you there. But but I think your point about Orlando having so many of these um guys who could really help good teams brings up an interesting, I think just um concept in general that we're encountering this season, which is you know, the quality of a trade deadline is really decided by the, you know, having the right mix of buyers and sellers. Um, and I think this year, if you look up and down the roster up and down the standings, um, there just aren't that many teams that are looking to sell. And I think the reason for that is twofold. One is that you can you can sell yourself that you can get into the play-in. You don't have to get all the way to eight. You've only got to get to ten. Um, so for some of these teams lower in the standings it's it kind of keeps that hope alive and then the other thing is the lottery odds that if you really keep playing, you hold on to these veteran guys to try to get that 10 seed and you come up a little bit short. Um, You're not hurting your draft odds as much as you would have in previous seasons.
1: You know, the top tier teams that you would really kind of expect to make a deadline move, uh, Brooklyn doesn't have picks. Brooklyn doesn't have young players unless they want to give up Bruce Brown. You know, Clippers, your most tradable asset is probably Terrence Mann. Lakers, I I don't get the sense they want to part with Taylor and Horton Tucker. Kuzma's practically untradable with his... Uh, salary that counts for ten million to the receiving team, but Lakers can only take back three million. So you know you're you're losing a lot of the top end teams. So you don't have guys saying like I want to be traded just here. It's kind of that giant glut of the middle teams, and really there's there's only a few specific scenarios where guys are really being marketed or trying to be traded. Yeah, it's actually interesting this year that the teams are
0: so close, like even orlando magic might actually make it to the play-in and not yeah. that far behind so if you're the owner of, of one of the one of those teams do you necessarily think it's a good idea to just like blow it up personally i think orlando should blow it up because they have two young point guards with a bright future but all these other guys is kind of from like a different era i guess but as a as a owner of the uh, of that team, and you're looking at the standings uh, right now. Right now, it's not looking super good for Orlando. But a few games here and there, are and and they're up there. <laughs> They've made the playoffs uh, plenty the last few ten years. Um, so why why couldn't they do it this year? Um, yet it's, it's just so close in the East, especially so close. Yeah, makes it hard.
3: Yeah, I think that's um something that I kind of dislike with how the NBA has done this. You know, I'm a a believer, I guess, in the process. If you're a team like Orlando, I think the best thing for you to do is is to get back as many assets as you can for what you've got, and build through the draft and and taking flyers on some of these young guys that are that are around. And um, the the league has really gone out of their way to disincentivize that, and I think that that is now creating this um, I guess, a moral hazard for mediocre teams where they're gonna they're gonna refuse to bottom out because that. Um, that ten seed is so near, and also the lottery odds are so flat that you you get teams like Orlando. They're going to stay in this perpetual mediocrity of never having a good pick, never developing any um, you these young guys, and and sticking with these veterans that win them, you know, thirty eight games every season. And and you know, this the, the the worst thing I think you can be as an NBA franchise is not bad. It's it's mediocre. If you are a bad team, you are going to get draft drafted. You can build towards towards a sustainable future. Um it's it's when you get stuck as a fringe playoff team um, that you really become hopeless. And so I'm not a fan of um I think how how that mixture of lottery odds and the playing game is is disincentivizing teams from blowing it up. Um I think that's reflected this year in the trade um in the trade market by the lack of sellers, all these teams can sell themselves that they they can be a playoff a play in team and maybe a playoff team. Um, and and that's causing them to hold on to these to players who could be playing for competitive teams and making a real difference for a, a team that can really do something. You know, like what could Thad Young do on a on a good team with how great he's been this year? But because that playing game's so close, the Bulls are just gonna hold on to him and, and...
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of Thad Young talk of teams wanting to get him. The the problem is, is what do you offer uh, Chicago? You know if they are really trying to make the playoffs young or future assets don't matter so are you talking about giving them a veteran presence that can help which is is probably why your team is interested in trading for thad young in the first place
3: you just got to offer them future assets that are so valuable that it's that it's worth them throwing
2: away this year um so if you look at a good analog of a player of comparative value robert covington got two first round picks. So I think if I'm the Bulls, um, you know, that's that's my starting point. I'm saying, well, if you want Thad Young, I need at least two first round picks. And there's just not a team around that's willing to offer that.
1: No, I, I was looking at it from uh, Miami's perspective, because the Heat have been rumored to really want Thad Young. They've been missing Jay Crowder. They, they want a, a big wing is what all the talk is. I'm not giving up Precious Achua for it. Like, you can have KZ.
2: But <laughs> right and if i'm the bulls right i'm like well give me tyler hero otherwise i'll just play for the eight play for the playing and i'll just keep him and make the playoffs
0: yeah yeah this might be the most interesting year being a chicago bulls fan since uh derek rose got hurt so uh just trading away that he is young for nothing basically makes no sense um so yeah th- those guys Robin robert collington type of guys they're super expensive right now uh as all the teams are basically in the contention
1: um with the playing tournament when i was kind of digging into this i I broke down um the type of players that were available into a couple of different categories you got your ball handlers you got your bigs i kind of had like multi-faceted wings defensive wings scoring guards and wings uh just straight up shooters you know your specialists and the star players and there's not much of anything really on on the table probably closest thing to to actual stars uh are, are either kyle lowry and john wall who have been rumored to go to miami or um lowry's been linked to philly a lot he is a philly guy and then victor oladipo whose name keeps getting brought up it does sound Houston's really trying to flip him for assets where do you think would be a good fit for Lodipo
2: give me one second let me bring up his true shooting percentage
1: trying to see if he'd fit next to Luca
2: last last I remember checking in he was a a, hadn't played good basketball since his injury and he's 48% true shooting so less than 50% true shooting. He shoots under 40% from the field and about 30% from three. Um, if I'm a team, I'm not giving up any assets for that. And if I'm Houston, if I can get anything back, then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking myself lucky and I'm taking it.
0: Do you think Victor Depot would play play for any team uh, uh, below the fourth seed in the East and, and West? I'm just thinking about Charlotte Hornets might actually be a, Pretty interesting uh, destination for Oladipo. Gordon Hayward is looking so great for uh, Charlotte Hornets, and they are much better this season than I think most people would expect. I don't think they are that far away from actually be uh, a decent contending team in the East. Salaries work to almost do a rogier for Oladipo straight up. Yeah, they could easily do it. Uh, and they kind of need a good shooting guard uh, other than... Um, other than uh, Malik Monk, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Other than Malik Monk, I don't think they really have a like clear-cut shooting guard. And then it's like Lamella Ball playing with the uh, Devonta Graham and uh, Terry Rozier. Um, they all uh, L- Lamella Ball is not a small guy, but he's he's not a chunky shooting guard either. They could use Oladipo. I think. Oh, I
1: had two Oladipo. Who trades? Uh, kind of marked up. I guess guess three because I had I did have a Dallas trade in there, but I had one with him going to Denver for uh, for Will Barton because I, I just don't want to see Will Barton do things for Denver anymore. He hurts me watching him.
2: Yeah, Nuggets fans hate Will Barton. Eh, that's that's <sighs> one thing you notice from Nuggets Twitter is is they're not big fans of Will Barton.
1: See, when Will Barton doesn't have the ball and he either catches it and shoots it. he's cutting and catches it and lays it in will barton looks like the perfect denver player but when he gets it and he's like no 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 wave off Jokic, wave off murray like let me iso and take my guy and you're just watching him like why 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 you yeah he's doing way too much
2: yeah the trouble with him is that he he you know if you want to do too much and you want a ball handle then you should be like leading a second unit mm-hmm. um but he refuses to come off the bench so mm-hmm. so send him to houston and nate what do you got for me well
1: sending him to houston uh, I was gonna be him rj hampton uh i had uh cancer in there uh and then a first round pick for oladipo you know, the, the Nuggets have kind of said that they weren't looking to take on, or not the Nuggets, the Rockets were saying that they weren't trying to take on long-term money, which Barton's got an extra year, but uh, less up front. They were trying to get first-round picks. So, you know, a bad Nuggets first, RJ Hampton, who's got a, a lot of room to grow for, for Victor Oladipo. Yeah,
2: if, if I'm Houston, I'm I'm doing that. If I can get a first-round pick and an intriguing young player in RJ Hampton, um, who is the... The closest I've ever been to an NBA player, having played his um what would have been his college season in New Zealand instead. Then for sure I'll, I'll take that for Houston and for Denver. That's just a, a bet on you know Oladipo is uh, we we can get more out of Oladipo than what Houston can. Um, and they kind of need another another two who can defend and shoot.
1: Gary Harris has been rough this year, so. Oladipo should at least be able to provide the defense that Harris once provided.
2: I think he's still good on defense. He just he just can't shoot at all. Um, but in saying that, he may be even shooting better than Oladipo.
0: Yeah, I think he might be a better shooter than Oladipo this season. Also, I just really want a consistent guy on, on Nuggets team like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris when they're good they're really good but they're so streaky wouldn't it be nice with like a really
1: solid stable you know a guy you can rely on so when you can count on to get 20 points a night and not have those single digit point nights every other yeah, day right yeah. but I don't hate it like then when Nuggets is not getting any big stars
0: anytime soon um so so Ladipo might not be a name uh, uh, the fit is good, and and it's a big name for them. So I kind of like the Monarchs as a, as a as a destination for depot.
2: Yeah, I looked it up. Gary Harris, thirty two percent from three. Victor Depot, thirty one percent. Based on that, as Denver, I am out.
0: Oh, I really thought Gary Harris was at like thirty six percent or something like that this season.
2: Oh, if, if gary harris was 36 percent, he'd be such a valuable player for for denver but right. for some reason he's he just forgot how to shoot like two seasons ago and has never brought it back
1: you know what? i'm blaming houston because oladipo was 36 percent in indiana for threes so i'm just blaming houston he's getting triple yeah team. right
2: and that's the bit right
1: i don't know i haven't watched him since christian wood went out
2: yeah i can't blame you nate and that's got to be the bit right if you're if you're Denver for any team trading for Oladipo, it's that Houston is just such a bad situation um, that Oladipo has proven at least that he's somewhat healthy, so we could get more out of him than what Houston had been able to.
1: The other option I had was uh, the Knicks. There's been a lot of rumbling that the Knicks want Oladipo, and they can pretty much get him for Frank Nilkina. Kevin Knox, Alec Burks, who Burks is actually really important to their bench scoring. Um, But now that they've got Rose, they kind of have a little bit of a glut in the guard positions, you know, moving them out. I mean, I guess you get get Oladipo in there. Uh, I I also had a first round pick in there for heading the Rockets way because that seems to be what they really want. So, you know, you get kind of a distressed asset of Knox and a pick and the Knicks add more talent.
2: Yeah, I like that one for Houston as well. And it's a a very Knicks trade to... Double down on this weird season where they're um, very improbably playing well to just trade for Rose, sign Taj Gibson, trade more young players for Oladipo. It's it's very Knicks. I love it.
0: If you're the uh, Charlotte Hornets, you could just uh, do
1: it. Devonta Graham and Cody Seller. Yeah, if you can keep Rogier, that'd be great. Mm. I think. He- I think you probably got to put in a pick for it, but I feel like anybody that puts in a first-round pick can get Oladipo at this point, so that's definitely doable. Also,
0: Jen Wall seems way way more tradable this season than uh, last season. He's been doing good for
2: Houston. he's gone from like a zero percent chance of being traded to like a like a one percent chance of being traded.
1: He does still have the massive contract, which makes it hard to match. Miami, Miami has both leonard and uh uh, what was his name kelly kelly olenek who have big salaries that they could move out to try to bring wall in but i definitely try to get lowry over wall if or if lowry is on the market at all
2: yeah and um, i think it was shams that reported that the Heat have had interest in wall Obviously, Lowry is a better player, making a, a more reasonable contract. Um, but with the Heat not really having assets, Wall could be a, an interesting option to uh, where I think you could get Wall, but with just just if you can match his salary, I think the Rockets will gladly take whatever you can give them to to get off of that monstrosity. So Olenek, Leonard, Igadala, whatever, if you can match that salary, I think you you do it as Houston, and um, I think a Wall would probably help Miami too. Hmm. And Miami is obviously, um, as has been reported many times before, as Oladipo's preferred landing spot. But I mean, I mean, who who do you think is the better fit there of, of those two guys?
0: I think John Wall is a very uh, nice fit in uh, Miami, uh, both in terms of um, he seems like a guy who uh, works hard, and uh, I, I I would love to see Jimmy Butler and, and John Wall together. Uh, they seem like they have quite similar characteristics, um, both. Tad bit crazy and uh, want to work on both ends. Um, have you ever listened to Victor Oladipo's uh, album? Uh, can't say I have, but I've heard the uh, mm, not great things uh, uh, about. <laughs> 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 I I've,
2: I think I haven't listened to the album, but Nate, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I may have heard it discussed on a um on the previous iteration of the Hoops Temple podcast with Yeah, right. With, That's where right. you about it.
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah. it's very very sexual i'm not sure how how i would feel as miami putting him in miami beach like <laughs> that feels like a recipe for
2: disaster oh yeah if, if i'm Pet Riley and do i'm doing my job for an hour like oh i don't know this guy's not gonna survive here
0: <laughs> so his singing is uh smoother than his uh shooting
2: i mean I'm not going
1: (laughs) to... He
0: thinks it is.
1: (laughs) He
3: definitely (laughs) thinks it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great voice,
2: but... His lyrics have more sauce than his game.
1: Yeah, his lyrics have more... Actually, his lyrics have less game than his game. (laughs) Jeez. How do you guys feel
0: about John Wall in uh, Boston? Ooh... I hadn't considered that, maybe, that. Like they have the caps. Uh, uh, I, I think they might have the uh, uh, the means to do a trade for him without uh, offering. It depends whether you want Kemba Walker or John Wall, I guess,
1: because that's the, that's the guy you would be sending away. Kemba does have one more year on his deal. So if you're going to say that he's pretty much broken down and can't play anymore, mm. um, you can do a straight up Kemba for Wall. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, but i also just would love to see eric gordon on uh, on the Celtics.
0: state they, they need that fire off that bench um they need a good shooter who can just light it up in the playoffs i think eric gordon and john wall would be a pretty good haul for uh,
1: Celtics. i've been hearing a lot of negative things about eric gordon this season like i said haven't watched since christian wood went down so i, I can't att- attest for it but Uh, In the overstated group, I posed a question of, hey, if you could have any role player from your team's history, you know, who would you pick? And it got pretty dark with Rockets fans saying that they would have, they'd rather have Bobby Sura over or, you know, just to stop Eric Gordon from shooting. So so it got dark.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dark days for if you bring up Houston and shooting. Um, I think they're either number one or number two in three-pointers attempted and either 29 or 30 in and three point percentage. So I I can't understand that thinking.
1: Shooting is actually a great segue uh, to Dallas, who has from all talks been very active at the deadline, uh, has been linked to a number of shooters. If anybody wants to try to pronounce uh, the King shooter or Belitsa, yeah, What's, how do you pronounce his first name? Namaja. Namanya. Namanya. Uh, yeah. There's uh, there's been some talk of Dallas going after for him. Um, some talk of Dallas going after Kevin Love, which is odd. What what are your Dallas takes on needs
0: or? Oh, you saying Kevin Love is in, in in trade rumors with Dallas just makes my head hurt so much. Like it makes no sense. James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. That's all it takes. I mean, unless they get something really, really wild out of Kristaps uh, Um I, I just can't see Kristaps and and Kevin Love
1: on the court at the same time. That that would hurt so much on defense. Yeah, if you get a Larry Nance Jr., maybe 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 he can help make up for it. Who. It, Nance has been in trade rumors or trade talks, you know, in the past twenty four hours.
2: Yeah, maybe if you're getting Nance back to kinda compensate for having to take love, um, and then just hope that he can give you anything off the bench as a as a shooter, Nance would be a really good fit as just James Johnson, but actually good.
0: I mean that would make sense. If, if if Cleveland is basically, basically giving up players to get rid of Kevin Love, I mean, I'm sure Dallas can make room for him on the bench. Um, they don't really have that many bench players. So and then it makes sense. Yeah, of course. But I don't think paying... Big time for Kevin Love would make sense uh, just yet in, in in Dallas. There was a funny tweet about the uh, Larry Nance uh, last night. Did you see that with a uh, Channing Fry? No. What did you say? That was so funny. Like uh, Channing Fry was uh, uh, tweeting something about the uh, Larry Nance being trade rumors and stuff like that. Uh, and and he said something like he he's, he he wasn't worth uh, getting traded or something. Um, and yeah and. He was, he was having negative value or something um but then larry nance was climbing back so he, did you know that larry nance was direct, directly traded for chenning fry mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so he was like I, I don't remember it exactly but something like uh remember that i was traded for you yeah i, I just try to find
2: did they play together in cleveland I feel. I feel like Fry was always around in Cleveland, like in a couple iterations. You know what? He might
1: have gone back. So the Lakers dumped um, Clarkson and uh, Ed Nance to Cleveland to try to free up the cap space to sign LeBron the next year, uh, and they got Fry in that deal. But Fry might have gone back to Cleveland the following year. Yeah, he did. So they did overlap for a year in Cleveland.
0: Yeah. So uh Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson was traded to. Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, Channing say Isaiah Thomas, and a first-round pick. Oh, yeah.
1: There are a lot of teams that could use a, a bigger defensive wing. Um, I, I went and re the Utah Jazz play the 70s after all of the, the hype about it. And I, I'm sorry, that was not Gobert's fault. Like, people clowning Gobert for that. Dude would step up and stop Ben Simmons and then try to quickly recover and get dunked on by Gobert. Or get dunked on by Embiid, like he can't stop two people all game long, and the Jazz don't have a second big. You know, they they always play him with with a bunch of other smaller guys. Like Bogdanovich is their next big guy, but they don't have anything to trade they got no trade value for you know anyone that's not like key to their rotation so i got the twitter uh uh, fight up do you want to hear it yeah yeah so
0: it was learn nance he was saying uh you're just tweeting out i hope everyone is having a happy friday except those people that keep putting me in their mock mock trades and then uh, Channing Frye responded to that, saying, I wouldn't trade you for two broken shoelaces and a booger. <laughs> Um And then uh, Larry Nance responded to that, I literally got traded for you and a first round pick. LOL. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, Ch- uh, Channing Frye said, I literally, literally, literally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, that that makes me feel better about that hearing that because that's obviously like two guys who are former teammates having having a joke. I thought Channing yeah, Frye yeah. had 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 um done a heel turn on us and he was now just beefing with young guys for no reason.
0: No, it's pretty lighthearted, but it was funny nonetheless. Channing Frye yeah. just never can't he can't catch a break every time yeah. he he sticks his head out. There's always someone. Uh, uh, putting him down if it's like lebron is always shitting on the uh, chatting fry
2: yeah just like everyone's always shitting on rudy gobert and, and to get back on topic nate and to your point i've always said do you know who the guys who never get dunked on are
1: the guys who never defend
2: you got it yeah if you don't want to ever get dunked on just don't play defense and rudy gobert is not going to do that so he's gonna have times where he's gonna get um you know a, a little bit embarrassed with a dunk but the amount of um, you know times that he's able to stop action at the rim makes up for that. Uh,
1: I, I wish they had something they could do. Uh, they might be able to pull off a Mike Muscala trade. Um, uh, Oklahoma is interesting because they have Moscala they have Horford, who could make a return to Boston, and they have um, George Hill. But I, I don't know if the Clippers can give up anything to get Hill. Um, I, I figured out a fake trade to get him to Philadelphia, but. There just weren't a lot of good George Hill options. For as good as he started off the year, um, they kind of put him on ice a bit, so he hasn't he hasn't played as much. But I, I thought Hill looked like a guy that could help some people.
2: Yeah, OKC okay, is
3: so one of like the few legit sellers. Uh, he'd be perfect for the Clippers. Nate, would you do if you're OKC, okay, would you do Hill for Lou Willen to Detroit seconds?
1: Actually, Detroit seconds have value. Those are those are almost firsts. Yeah. And they're actually even more valuable for uh, international players because you can spend more on their buyout. Yeah, I, I, I'd take Igloo like, Lou Will and a couple of firsts and I'd see what I can try to turn around and repackage Lou Will for next year. He's got two years, right?
3: Yeah, maybe you could even find a third team and, and I don't know someone needs some scoring, maybe you take back some bad money and get a get some more draft stock.
1: I'll uh, lose a free agent this, this upcoming offseason. Maybe, can I get Patrick Beverly?
3: No. No? <laughs> take it or leave it.
0: So if I'm if I'm OKC, okay, I, I want to uh, I want I want to turn turns main.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, George Hill's just such a good player. Um, we saw it in Milwaukee last year. And if I'm OKC, okay, I'm like. Give me a first round pick where I'll just hold on to the guy and he can just yeah. continue to play well and, and mentor these young guys. I'll, I'll hold on to him if you're not going to give me. Um, I, th- I think he's worth a, a crappy first round pick.
1: That's, you know, the difference between the Clippers first round pick and Pistons seconds are, are is it, pretty small. So when you said that they were Pistons seconds, I was willing to be talked into two of them. That that sounded fair. But they had twin, 2024 and
0: 2025 uh, second round picks. Oh, now you're not telling me all the details here.
1: Ah, uh, you <laughs> saying Detroit isn't going to be good in four years? I'm saying Detroit should try to sell things right now. Mm-hmm. You know, could you get something giving up Mason Plumlee? He has torched Boston, and Boston desperately needs a center. I'm just saying, Taco Fall might look pretty nice in some uh, some red and blues. You know, Grant Williams get hey, you know, if you get Aaron Nismith for Mason Plumlee. That is a worthwhile signing, and I take back every negative thing I said about the Detroit GM. What's uh, Mason Plumley's contract like? Like nine million, got two more years after this, so not nothing too bad. Um, pretty pretty
3: even value. The hard part with that is just that centers don't have a lot of value, and replacement level for for fives is so big. Um, is Plumley that much of an upgrade over Daniel Tice that you've got to give up young players? no while we're talking about boston and detroit though i think uh, again it was shams that had boston is is very interested in jeremy grant Nay, is there is there anything on boston those in, in combination of those young guys you if you're uh, troy weaver to
2: give up jeremy grant
1: albert and a couple of picks maybe uh, I... <laughs> uh,
0: he, he described himself that he wanted to go to detroit to be the the
1: main main guy yeah um, hate hates to be traded to uh boston yeah he did he very intentionally did not um resign with denver because he wanted to be the main guy in an offense yeah you know how's he gonna feel going back to being the third guy or fourth guy it, depending on what kemba feels like shooting that night i really hope for boston fans that
0: they can move on from uh, kemba in some some way uh because i really don't think he's he's got what it takes to uh to be the point guard on a on a championship team
1: right now. Did you guys see the rumor that uh Ainge was trying to shop him uh during the late off season or well, it was a short off season, but during the off season with full knowledge of what the knee injury was like.
3: He was trying another Isaiah toss. Yeah. Yeah, I think for but for Boston, the tough part of Kimba is he's pretty much your ceiling, right? Your team will go as far as, as he can play. Um he's I think he's crucial for their for their offense as just a point of attack guy. You know, Brown and Tatum are very good at creating for themselves, but they need someone to really get the defense moving. Um and Kemba attacking out of pick and roll and driving is is a good way to um, I th- I think is essential to them doing anything in the playoffs. So it's tough for Boston because their ceiling really is just as as hot as They'll go as far as Kemba take them. Um, so to move off of him, you've got to you've, you know you've got to get something back that can replace that. Well,
1: there's always Oklahoma City. They salary dump uh, Kemba. Maybe take back George Hill. Give up a young player to, to make OKC interested. Maybe they could uh, take back uh, Al Horford as well. They kind of need a
0: big a uh, big guy as well. <laughs> yeah. Horford for Kemba, straight up. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Actually, I don't think. I mean, uh, Horford and George Hill would actually help them a lot.
3: Yeah, Horford and Hill for Cambria and Naismith. Right. It would be
0: strange, strange to see, but it definitely makes sense doing that move. I'd say
1: yes to it if I was OKC. Maybe I want some seconds, but... I don't know how Sam Presti always can find a way to get assets like just trade for good players that had a bad year or a couple of bad years or whatever you know however many just just trade for guys their value will rise
3: yeah it's just like he's got the patience to just wait for the right deal I think it's not just um, a reflection of Presti but also of the ownership in OKC that are also patient and that they have spec. Um, a lot of GMs don't have the job security um, and the patience from ownership to just bottom out and, and to build slowly.
1: And just looking at the thunder in, in TradeNBA.com, they have 33 picks that are tradable. <laughs> That's so much. Like The moment Carl anthony Towns says, I don't want to be in Minnesota anymore, you just start throwing your yep. picks at him. Absolutely. Is Trevor and Risa worth something? Right
0: now, does he still play basketball? <laughs> la- 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 last time I saw him, he was uh, practicing uh, in in Los Angeles.
1: I'm pretty sure he's getting Iguadala treatment of just just stay home. We'll trade you or we'll
3: yeah. you. And he can still maybe help some teams if if he can shoot at all. Wouldn't he be the perfect fit to replace Crowder Miami? He can still shoot.
1: Crowder, Miami, either the LA teams. Um, he'd be nice in Philly, you know. He could definitely sign on to a contender. Utah was just saying that they kind of need a lank here. I'd like him to be six nine, but I'd, I'd take Trevor Ariza there.
3: Hey, hey, Brooklyn, how many open threes did James Harden create for him? I'm sure he misses the stays. Yeah. <laughs> like 27 of them.
1: I had I had one kind of small trade that I just, I don't know if I love it, but I, I do like it. Uh, and that's Dallas trading uh, Tyrell Terry with maybe a piece of, um, for Svi Mikhailu or Wayne Ellington, just depending on who who they're getting to make the salaries match up, but I think it, I think it makes some sense to to just add a shooter. I know Tyrell Terry was was supposed to be something, but he hasn't been, so I kind of I, I kind of like giving him up and just getting Luca a little bit of shooting.
3: Yeah, I like that too. Um, and both of those guys, I think, uh, again, players that can help a team and, and whose team is probably willing enough to let them go. Um, so to get back anything, even if it's just a young player that you can, you know, maybe still has some has some hope to be something. I think that's a good low-key move there. So
0: how real do you think uh, all those uh, Christoph Persingis rumors uh, was? So there was a lot of talk about the uh, would trade him, and uh, Porzingis went in out. I think. How much of
1: that do you think is like real stuff or just uh, like orchestrated? So from from what I've heard, it sounds like Dallas wasn't so much actively shopping him as kind of listening to offers. I I'd pull a trigger on a Porzingis trade if you could get value. But I just feel like his value is probably so low at this moment. You know, like let's let's say Toronto came and knock, uh, are you going to trade him for Norman Powell? Because is that really worth it, though? No, no, no. Hmm. Maybe if you could get a guy like Kyle Lowry, I
3: don't know. Yeah, I just
1: they could use a good point guard. They could, but timeline-wise, you know. Yes. Yeah,
3: not- yeah, I think I'm right line with you, Nate. Of, uh, do I think they would listen on Zingas for sure? Do I think there's anything being offered that's worth moving him? Probably not. Um, your best bet at this moment is just to hope that Porzingis can get back to play how he was um, because the return that you're going to get on him based on how he's played is, is just not worth giving up that possibility.
1: And let's say Charlotte came in with just an over-the-top offer. I guess it's not over-the-top, but let's say they offered Rogier and Monk. Would you guys consider Rogier and Monk for, for Christophe Porzingis? I don't love it. Yeah. Mm. How about you send
0: him to uh, Sacramento?
3: You back Grisha Holmes. He'd be a good fit in... In Dallas,
0: yeah. So I'm just I'm just thinking about there are some speculations about uh, Marvin Backley being uh, he, he kind of wanted out at some point in this season. Uh, his dad was uh, very vocal on uh, Twitter about uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, organization not doing Marvin Marvin Backley any favors. Um, but then you would have to um, send either Harrison Barnes or. Body healed to Dallas as well.
3: Harris Dallas reunion. Actually,
1: <laughs> wait a second. If you gave him, uh, nah. why can't I say it? <laughs> <The Mancha Belica. laughs> yes, Belitza and Corey Joseph. Um, you can do a, a Bagley, Belitza, Joseph for perzinga's trade. That feels like you're selling so low on perzinga's though. Yeah, it depends how much you
0: value Marvin Bagley and his uh, potential. He, he reminds me too much of uh, Dwight Powell.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But getting Baylitz there it is at least more shooting, so it's not quite a uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't love it. I don't know entirely where we could put Porzingis. Um, we haven't touched on them, but let's let's try to maybe wrap up with uh, touching on New Orleans. You know, they they could be a possible destination maybe you could play porzingis next to zion that might be a, a nice pairing yeah for sure so and
0: i don't think eric Eric Blatz, wouldn't be a bad match in dallas as much as much as i don't like eric Bledsoe. um he actually provides exactly what they need good defender but then again he's 31 years old and he's on a not not a great contract in my opinion well with the way lonzo's shooting yeah maybe you
1: get, take back lonzo Bring in Lonzo and bring in JJ. But isn't JJ just getting bought out? Yeah, he probably should be. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Lonzo would be would be an awesome fit though. For, yeah, for sure. For Dallas. Um, especially if you're New Orleans and you're looking for maybe have some conversations
3: with Rich Paul and you 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 know, his expectation for Lonzo's salary with um his pending free agency is a lot more than what you value him. Then maybe you, you sell early and sell high. Porzingis, the theory of Porzingis, you know, healthy playing well Porzingis is a perfect fit next to Zion as a guy who can defend the rim and shoot threes you know it's such a rare and valuable combination um, but it's just how much how much do you believe that you're going to get that Porzingis oh
0: my god the memes like Zion and Porzingis does it get much more fragile
1: <sighs> well yeah you add in uh, Brandon Ingram who's just <laughs> super slim shady
3: yeah
1: <laughs> I mean would they ever play a game together <laughs> But yeah, seriously, I like
0: Alonso Ball in in uh, in Dallas again. Exactly what they need. Good defender. He can shoot, um, and and the passing from Alonso Ball, we've seen that all, uh, always from him. He's a, uh, um, I think he's he's a bright mind and uh, got a little bit of that Russian Rondo flashy passing. Uh, passing. Um, Luca and Alonso, that that would be a pretty good combo, I think.
3: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good fit. Hard to defend.
1: It'd be great if they could put Steven Adams in the deal, but since he signed his extension, he's not trade eligible, which is kind of annoying. Hmm. I would like Luca with a little bit more of, you know, a young DeAndre Jordan type, the the lob catchers. But yeah. Adams at least Dallas has really struggled rebounding, so Adams would at least give a nice physical presence.
3: And Dallas just sucks on defense. Um, I think they're 25th in the league on, on defense so having someone in Adams who is at least competent defensive center you know that can help He can roll to the rim a little bit sets, sets good screens
1: gosh that would be huge just I'm just thinking like a six-six point guard and six-seven Luka. You know, if you play them in your backcourt, I guess you probably also play Tim Hardaway and make those be your your guards and wings. But no,
3: you just you you got to keep Dorian Finney-Smith out there as the only guy who can do in threes. So so you go Ball, Luka, Finney-Smith, my guy Maxi Kleber, and Stephen Adams. That's a pretty pretty solid two-way lineup. Yeah,
0: I like it. Man, I want to see that trade right now. I now I really want wants ball in Dallas. Yeah. Hmm. That got me excited. Great. Our, our best trade
1: is the one that can't be made.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. How about you? You uh, you um, you include JJ Redick just to make the salaries work, and and include Nicolo Melli then you got, like, Christoph pasingus and Tyler, Tyrell Terry. Um, that's
3: possible. When is Lonzo a agent of this offseason? Yeah, that's that's the other problem. Dallas can use all that cap space they were saving up for Giannis. I still don't hate it. Hmm.
0: Because I just really want, um, I want a good basketball player alongside uh, Luka. Like, someone who can, you know, be the second playmaker, who can pass and understand what Luca's is doing. Um and lancer can be that uh, i'm sure oh it's gonna be a good day now <laughs> Now i can't no now i won't be able to think about anything else <laughs> that feels like a good stopping point then if it's if we're gonna end this on a good note yeah i definitely need a second cup of coffee before my day starts but um uh, maybe i don't know because this woke <laughs> me <up. laughs>
1: oh oh great stuff we want to thank you all for listening Of course, like and subscribe uh, Follow us Facebook Wherever you do podcasts Thank you
3: Oh man, we never said anything about Blake Griffin. Oh, uh, he's 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 bought out, he's going to the Nets. He's he's yeah. got my my hot take is that um you know, people keep roasting Blake saying that he's washed cuz he hasn't dunked. Um I think that's cuz he's playing in Detroit with terrible offense, but with
0: I, I just want to see like a, a game where both uh, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin is just getting loop dunks. It'd be such a nice throwback. Uh...
3: Yeah. Kyrie pick and roll with Blake, passes it to Blake, Blake on short roll, LU up to DeAndre.
1: Right,
0: right,
3: right, yeah. That'd make me so happy. (laughs)